1: Brain. Why do you call your audience brain?
0: Because I'll tell you why, Giovanna. Because I'm talking to smart, heady people that get it. I wanted to speak right into their cranium, a place where they store information, where they recall information, where they think about information, uh, where they produce mm-hmm. information. And so, what better thing is brains? And it grabs your attention, right? Yeah. It controls mine
1: because I meant brains.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, here we are, back at the same place, brains on the edge with April Mahoney and Giovanna Raglan. Gonna talk about the anti-bully and the bully, some of the characteristics. We've all been subjected to a bully, and we have been bullies. Okay, I know I, I take my seat at the table. But sometimes um, it's displaced. Sometimes you have to stand up for yourself. I get that. But to pick on someone, to disrespect them, to belittle them, to rob them, to hit them, to hurt them, to shame them, that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to negotiate. You're supposed to talk. You're supposed to work out your difference or leave folks the hell alone. (laughs) You got choices. So Giovanna has been through a little bit of a kerfuffle, but what she's done is she's turned that into a mission, into a cause. She's working with schools and she's working with corporations and individuals to help become more of a neutralizer, an equalizer, to bring people to the table, to work these situations out and to make it a much more pleasant environment. So we're gonna welcome her here to the edge and learn some lessons. Brains, get a pencil and piece of paper.
1: Hello, how are you, Giovanna? I'm doing well. Thank you. And hello, (laughs) Brains. See, she's talking to
0: all of us. I really want to hear a little bit about, you know, your story and your journey and your truth and how you show up in the world.
1: Ooh, my story, my journey, and my truth. Well, my story started out pretty good. Um, you know, just like everyone else, you get out of college or school and you embark on your career in corporate America. And for the most part, it was good. Um, I liked the jobs I did, the people I worked with. And um, to me, everything was, it was fine. It was what I wanted. It was where I wanted to be until. (laughs) Right. Until. (laughs) Until dot, 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 dot. Exactly. And um, I was at a company for this particular company for 14 years. Wow. In that amount of time, I've had just about as many managers. So 14 years, I had about 13 managers Mm, mm, mm. and never in any of those transitions did I ever have a problem. Um, until Mm. this one, and it turned out that this individual, no matter what I did, no matter how I tried, there was never a, a place of peace. You know how you get a new manager you work things out, you figure out how to work together, you move on and, and things smooth out and you carry on doing the work. It's always been my experience. But with this individual, that was not the case. No matter what I did, no matter how hard I tried, it never smoothed out. He was never willing to work with me. And I, for the life of me, I didn't understand what was going on.
0: Well, I'm glad that you brought up because I was going to ask if it's male or female, because I have been bullied, dishonored, disrespected by more women in the workplace than men.
1: Yes. And, you know,
0: it could have been his ego or it could have been his insecurity. You know, A lot of times people come into a new work environment and they're intimidated. And you been there 14 years. You're the sharpest knife in the drawer. So instead of embracing, he wants to be combative. He wants to let you know, look, they've hired me over you. Uh, I'm the overseer. <laughs> I'm getting paid more money. And I want you to do what I say do. But people fail to realize that when you go into a new work environment, you're an independent contributor. You can't bring what you brought at the last company or you'd still be at the last company. <laughs> That's okay. so true so now you're back and forth in this tug of war what was the day that you said i've had enough
1: it was it was actually probably close to the first day (laughs) Uh, (laughs) 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 because i recognized the disrespect very quickly and i recognized it very early and i did address it very early with him and unfortunately my bully was not a person that was reasonable. They were not a person that you could reason with or talk to. Um, It was more so, it it was like, whatever I did, he wanted to bend me to his will. I wasn't free to do the things that I knew was right, to do the things that I've always done that were in the best interest of the work and the projects that we were doing. Well, you know...
0: There's intimidation. I I I totally I totally get it and I totally see it. And it's so unfortunate because, you know, you've got people that know the mechanics of the organization. All right. So now you go to HR and you say this Joker is out of line. Let's have a meeting. And and what, what kind of support or what kind of conversation did you have with HR?
1: Okay, so my 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 journey to HR was it was in, in stages, it was twofold. Because in the beginning, I didn't know what was going on. So I went to them feeling like, listen, something's not right in this relationship. I feel like I'm being harassed. I feel like I'm a battered woman. I'm not quite sure what to do. Um, I need help because I, I don't understand what why this individual is constantly riding me the way they are. And the constant criticism and nitpicking, I just could not fathom what it was. So my first journey to HR was I feel like I'm being harassed, but I'm not sure. <clears throat> they defined to me what harassment was from the legal aspect. I was, I was ignorant of that. And they're like, no, he's not harassing you. <laughs> they turned around and went to him and told him everything I said. So that kind of poured gasoline on the fire, so to speak. <laughs> Um, and uh, so that didn't help at all. Um, he cooled off a little bit just because HR was aware of him now, but it didn't stop him. It actually intensified. So the second time or the last time I went to human resources was when they completely lied. He and my director completely lied on my performance review. <clears throat> tried to nail me with my performance. And I provided a 30-page rebuttal, complete documentation of all the lies and everything that were levied against me. And at that point, Human Resources realized it's not a performance issue. And their their response to me was, well, do you think you could just put it behind you and work with this individual anyway?" Mm -hmm. I'm outlining to you abuses I'm outlining to you just you know certain aspects of it were discriminatory and your answer to me is to put it behind me and learn to work with the individual rather than address the individual who is causing the problem
0: so now uh, Brains I want you to pay close attention to this okay because there's a strategy involved Number One documentation and check yourself double check your work if you can. photocopies uh you know phone calls, your production Now, I want you to also know that Giovanna was not in a uh just your average job. We don't talk about who the company was. she was in a high profile position again, she'd been there fourteen years so. What do you do? Well, people always want to quick to say, I'll sue you, I'll sue you. But what you don't fail, what you fail to realize, brings is when you sue somebody, attorneys are not going to take that pro bono just because you're cute. They have a lot of time, energy, paperwork, depositions, submissions, court dates, filings, all of that on your behest, and they're going to walk away with Maybe nothing. These type of cases are extremely hard to fight. Okay. These companies have law teams that sit on their keister all day and tick the boxes to block things like discrimination, harassment, uh, you know, sexual orientation, uh, uh, pay pay raises in the uh, in the discipline. Disaffir- oh, what I came think of what I want to say, um, the difference in pay between men and women, they got whole law teams that sit around and figure out how to block this. Okay. So what is your strategy? What are some things that people can do if they feel that they're in this situation in the workplace to address it, combat it or document it? Okay. Um,
1: one thing I would say in terms of documentation, is make sure that your documentation is clear, evidence-based and devoid of emotion. Because when you are going through this situation, um, that chronic stress that you're under causes a great deal of emotional response. And sometimes when you speak to people, when you write things, those emotions come out. So you have to be very careful because they can be used against you. Another thing, Educate yourself on your company's policies. If you have um, discrimination, harassment policies, your leave policies, um, things of that nature, educate yourself about those things because those are tools that you can put in your arsenal to help you get the um, help you need, to get you the time you need to be able to take care of your mental and emotional health as you go through this. Um, I would always recommend get the advice of an attorney. Um, A lot of times what you're experiencing with bullying is not illegal. It may just skirt the line, but there's no law that says that this behavior and this treatment in the workplace is illegal. If it were illegal, there would be a policy. Just like there's a policy for harassment and discrimination, there are policies because there are laws in place. There's no law for workplace bullying. So in those instances, um, lawyers may take your case maybe to help you with severance or things like that, but unless it is clear discrimination, clear harassment by the definition of the law, um, you may not be able to sue a company and it would be up to the lawyer to determine whether or not that is something that's feasible.
0: Well, Brains, I'm going to self-disclose. I had to take a company to task. Yes, I did. And it was clear, and it was overt. And I had witnesses. But when it came down to them putting their livelihood on the line, oh, they went ghost. Okay? And I can't blame them, in a way. You know, they've got to pay for their kids' tuition and pay their things, and then they come to work, and the boss is looking at them with a side eye. The right is right, and wrong is wrong. And I held my tongue for a long time, and uh, I was denied opportunities three or four times to further my career there based upon the circumstances that occurred. Well, one day, a little angel came down from heaven, had a little conversation with me, And said, well, April, you're going up for this position again. What's your strategy? I see that you've tried this three or four times and you didn't, you know, you didn't get the job. I told him what happened. And baby, we opened up a can of worms. Not only did I get the promotion, they got reprimanded. I got to move to another department. But this is the kicker. 20 years later, 20 years later, I got a letter from this company. They gave me a check for $46,000. $46,000 because I had been wronged. So let me tell you, brains, the devil is a liar. Sometimes you don't have to be at the forefront fighting, hollering, screaming all on the television and all this kind of stuff. You got to have a strategy and the things that giovanna has just explained to us is very important know your policies and keep your nose clean and everything is not a discrimination against you because they don't like you there are people that all of us do not particularly care for and you're telling me a big old fib if you say that you're not but you don't pick on those people so let's talk about the little people in school yes I have been the bully, you know, before, because I wanted, you know, I was a popular girl and everybody wanted to be my friend. And I figured that, you know, if, if you didn't conform to what I was doing, then, you know, you just weren't part of the, the A-team. But I never put my hands on anybody. I talk to you kind of bad. <laughs> <laughs> and I might take you Twinkie. You know, something like that. But I would, yeah, I would. But I wouldn't try to beat you up or anything like that. But I've been bullied, where I had to stay in the classroom because a girl named Pebbles and her little five friends was gonna get me, and they kept telling me they was gonna get me. Girl, and one day I went to leave school, went out the gate, and here come Pebbles and them right behind me. Boy, my heart was racing. I couldn't get in that car quick enough. Mama had to come pick me up. She said, "Baby, what's wrong?" I said, mama, they gonna get me. I said, if they don't get me today, I said, I gotta come here tomorrow. They gonna get me tomorrow. She said, "Uh, oh, they gonna get you right now. I said, what? She pulled that car over. She made me get out. She made me scuffle with Miss Pebbles in front of everybody at the school. And my mother was the helicopter mom. There wasn't no big kerfuffle. I got in a couple good licks, but I got my self respect. I got my street cred back. And it taught me a lot about <clears throat> what I had done to others And what is being done to me. I don't encourage violence at all with children or adults, but you got to be able to stand up for yourself. You got to be able to look yourself in the mirror and have that I am conversation. You've got to be able to talk to your parents. You've got to be able to talk to your teachers. You've got to be able to connect with these kids' parents because this is a learned behavior. Wouldn't you agree? Giovanna, this is not something that is innately in all of us is to be mean and disrespectful.
1: I, I would agree with that. I think in a lot, of, a lot of instances it is learned, but there are some cases where there's personality um, disorders that may be involved, but in a lot of cases, especially with little ones, it's learned, I do believe. it's so wrong.
0: Um, what do we what how do we even address that okay because the teachers have had enough they're putting their own money back into the classroom for supplies they have to be the mask monitor they have to subject themselves to injections that they may not agree with to teach these children these children come to school with guns mm-hmm. <laughs> 6 years old a 6 year old boy shot his teacher
1: yeah
0: and during covid I think that was the best time ever because the parents got a snapshot of who this little booger wolf is in the classroom, okay? They didn't know who they were. Oh, the teacher's just picking on me. The teacher doesn't like me, all this kind of stuff. And now they're pouring over that anger and again, taking other kid's Twinkies, pushing them, you know, threatening their lives. social media.
1: What do we say to our children? Stop. That's what you say to your children, stop. Um, I'm involved with a program where we go into schools and we teach children about bullying from kindergarten um, up through high school. I'm involved with the little ones, kindergarten to fifth grade. And the one thing that we do teach them is to stand up for themselves. And the difference between what happens in school and what happens in the work environment is in the school environment, there is a clear path of escalation from first you stand up for yourself, you try to remedy the situation on your own, trying to teach witnesses to engage and support their classmates. Mm-hmm. The same people look at work, but they're like, I have bills to pay and they stay away. We want children to start supporting their classmates, stand up to the bully because there's more of you than there is of the bully. And then once you've done that and it continues, then there's a path of escalation where it goes to the teacher, the administrator, and so forth and so on. But it starts with teaching our children how to treat one another, how to stand up for themselves and what behavior is acceptable and not acceptable when it comes to the treatment of each other.
0: And words are powerful. You know, words have meaning and they are impactful. I mean, you know, somebody had coined a nickname to some kids. And to this day, you'll see that person and you go, oh, you know, they go, you know, uh, Mookie, or they go, you know, Fat Marge, or, you know, there goes Piggy. You know, those names stick with you. And it's hard. But also self-defense. Get somebody off you. You know, they'll pin you down next to the locker. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do with that? But also teach your children um, to block some of that stuff out. You don't have to watch the social media. You don't have to go by what other people are saying. Um, You have to know who you are. Turn it around. Say, you know what? Yes, maybe I do have crooked teeth, but can you play the guitar like me?
1: exactly
0: you know exactly. maybe yeah maybe I do walk with a limp but did you get an A on your math test be able to come back with a strategy and let them know that there are wonderful things about you and tell a person you know what maybe it's best that we're not friends maybe this isn't the clique or the group that I want to hang around what are you doing to be a good positive person I had a little friend her name was Tonette she had a medical condition and I didn't know she had a medical condition and she was very large and they talked about her. They talked about her so bad and I would make it a point. That's after I had my scuffle with pebbles. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I made it a point to have lunch with her a couple of times a week, just sit there on the bench and be her friend. She had the prettiest face and skin and curly hair, but she was very large. And that was because she had a medical condition. And I saw her maybe about five or six years ago and she remembered me and it just, it touched my heart. So give me some of your success stories. Tell me some of the things that you've been able to turn around.
1: Oh boy, um, in working with the little ones, um, there's there's just so much that they are dealing with. And just some of the things that you've spoken about here, um, learning to speak up for yourself, learning to turn things around, learning to accept yourself for who you are. Um, I had a conversation with a young lady, she might've been fourth grade and already um, just the body image um, problems were starting and people picking on her because she was heavyset or you know whatever the case may be. And she was feeling really down about that. And just one of the conversations I told her, I said, look, I said, you talk about your belly. I said, you're 11. Your body's going to change. I said, look at me. I said, I got a belly. I said, but you know what I do? I go in the mirror every morning and I look at my belly and I say, hello, how are you today? <laughs> That's said, beautiful. friend. And you're going to go with me wherever I go today. <laughs> exactly. And that made her laugh. It made her brighten up. And you could start to see her processing that whole idea of, It's okay for me to accept me for who I am and understanding, well, if someone is doing this to you, is this someone that you really want to be friends with and just have being able to have, even if it's just a five minute conversation with some of these little ones where they walk away feeling better, where they walk away feeling more confident, more empowered. It means the world to me.
0: You know, conflict resolution. I tell this story all the time. My daughter, oh, the te- the math teacher didn't like her. You know, he was Satanic reincarnated. <laughs> he didn't like her. She was never going to, you know, he never gave her enough attention, blah, 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 blah. And I'm saying to myself, I don't know. I'm going to get a teacher the benefit of the doubt. I go up to the school. I invite him over our house for dinner. Baby, when she opened up the door and saw him, you would have thought she'd seen a ghost, <laughs> right? We sat there, we had a great conversation. He talked about the challenges that he had when he was in school. He talked about how it was hard for him to learn. That's why he's a little bit harder on his students, that he has a greater expectation because he knows that there is more that can come out. Well, I don't know if it was my pork chops, collard greens, rice and gravy, Uh, that turned it around but she ended up getting an A in the class and I say that to say this sometimes you have to take the conflict out of the workplace off-site lunch Barbara me and you just don't seem to be gelling and I don't know what it is would it be possible for us to meet in a neutral place have a conversation if we come back and we still don't you know we can agree to disagree that's fine but at least let's try with students, with kids, uh, maybe we can go for ice cream. Maybe we can have a, a, a talk with the counselor. Maybe we can play a game of a, a hopscotch, and whoever wins is the boss. Whatever, but you have to give them options. And the parents now—some of these parents is fifty-one fifty. Okay, they—they—they they, they crazy, and their kids are. Well, no, their kids are subjected to that. Their kids yeah. are, are being hit. I saw the one woman in the Target the other day. She cussed that little boy. It took all I had, took all I had, not to say something. I had to leave the aisle. She talked to him like he had a tail. And I and he just would cringe and he would just, you know, in the in the cart. He wasn't doing much of nothing. So I know how that is embedded in his psyche and what he's going to do to others. You know? So what do we say to parents that are.
1: That one is, that one is, is, is a little bit harder because we have to teach them the same way we teach our children what is not acceptable in terms of how we speak to one another and how we, we treat one another, even though it's a little person, that little person deserves respect. To be spoken to in a in a manner that dignifies them, and it's um it's one of those things that and, and my husband says this all the time because you know we see situations like that as well. It's like you need a license to drive a car, and you have to pass a test, but you don't have to have any type of screening or skill or test to that you need to pass in order to produce a life and become a parent. Right. And it's a whole lot of life skills that need to be learned as parents um so that we can instill those into our children but if it it starts back here, it doesn't start the minute you become a parent, it starts as you develop as a person so it's 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 those one of those things I think it's a little harder to tackle because it's it's it, it's one of those things that could be generational, it could be cyclical, and that individual has to then decide. To not push those things forward.
0: Right. And doing a deep dive, understanding who you are. Again, like you said, the epigenetics. Where did this trauma come from? You know, is it, you know, drugs? Is it alcohol? Is it shame? Is it, you know, form of abuse? What is it in me? Record yourself. Look at yourself and how you talk to your kids. You know, what what? pretty colorful words. Do you tell them that they're smart? Do you tell them, you know, that you love them? Do you challenge them? Do you engage them? Do you talk to them like a little person, you know, or do you just talk to them like some trick on the street? These are your children. These are your seeds. These are individual contributors to society that one day is going to be in the workplace if they can get a job, Okay cuz attitude is latitude. And again, we're not trying to to pick on anybody, but this is a time for self-reflection. Each one of us should take 5 or 10 minutes just to look in the mirror and say to ourselves, if my words had an odor, what would they smell like? I like that. You know? What what would they what what would the texture be? You know, how do I want to be treated? You got to teach people how to treat you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Some people will just treat you like a doormat, and then other people will put you on a pedestal. So you have to find a balance in between. how are you dealing in your relationships with your partner? What role model are you showing your children? Are you talking bad to your spouse? are you you know you putting your hands on them? Your kids see everything. Oh, the kids don't know. Oh, yes, they do if they live in the house they know they probably know more because they see both sides of the spectrum they see what mommy's doing when daddy's not there and they see what daddy's doing when mommy's not there and then grandma and <laughs> put on it all that and then the influences from your kids extract that device from your kids have a conversation with them engage them to go out and play and have conversations We settled so many things on the baseball field, playing hopscotch, volleyball, that competition. Let them get into sports. Let them get into martial arts. Let them get into mindfulness, yoga, uh, emotional freedom technique. These are a bunch of strategies that you can give little people that they can have in their arsenal that when somebody's picking with them, they say, you know what? Let me just go over here and sit in this corner and meditate or, or tap for a few minutes, and it'll all go away. Let's talk about some fun stuff, though, Giovanna. What makes you laugh?
1: Oh, what makes me laugh? A lot of things make me laugh because I find humor in in almost everything. Even maybe some things that aren't appropriate. I find humor in that. (laughs)
0: But you know what? You have to laugh instead of cry. The world is so tough now. Comedians can't even make jokes anymore without, you know, being bullied.
1: Without somebody taking offense to, like I'm like, but that's a comedian, and and you know what, and it's funny. It's funny. (laughs) It's funny. If you had three wishes, Queen, what would they be? If I had three wishes, um, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish, I could help and shield people from the pain and experience, um that I went through and that they may be experiencing with bullying, I wish I could stop it. I really wish I could stop that. I wish that the world was fair, but it's not. But I wish that it were for everybody. And I wish, I just, hmm. See, there's a few more in there, but the third one would be just for fun. I wish I had a million dollars. Wow. <laughs> what would you do with that million dollars? What would I do with that million dollars? i do whatever I want.
0: <laughs> I understand it. I understand it. Um, if you were an appliance in the kitchen, what appliance would you be?
1: If I wasn't a plant in the kitchen, what would I be? I'd be a stove. Why? Because I'm hot like fire.
0: Ooh, see, we the <laughs> complete polar opposites. I'd be the refrigerator because I just want to sit there and chill. <laughs> <laughs> what would you tell a 25 year old Giovanna Raglan?
1: What would I tell her? Be prepared. Be prepared because you don't know what's coming. <laughs> I would tell her, be on the lookout, um, take in all the knowledge and information that you can and really, really, really observe people in the world around you.
0: And it's to have expectations because expectations are a funny thing. Um, we expect for people to treat us right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We expect to get fair and equal pay we expect for people to look beyond the color of our skin into the content of our heart. We expect for people to love. So what I've done in all transparency is I've lowered my expectations of people. You know, I give them a margin of error. You know, instead of getting hundred percent with me, you might get 65, 75. And that goes for me too. We ratchet up, we ratchet down. Mm-hmm. If it just doesn't work and it just doesn't work. That's why I always ask people, is it a fit? You know, you can't put a size nine in a size seven. It just don't work. And um, yeah, holding on and being prepared, but don't be paranoid because the things that don't kill you make you stronger. Mm -hmm. And you have to have skin like leather sometimes, baby, to get through, you know, just to get through. I think again back to these children and these houses holes that are dysfunctional. You know, every day they get up, if they are able to have a meal, they go to school, everything's fine, and then come 3:30, your whole life changes again to the next day. So I'm hoping that children are getting resilience, they're getting options, they're getting tools, they're working with great. Programs like the one that Giovanna is uh, uh, spearheading, the state of New Jersey, to get into these schools to teach them, you know, at an early age how to deal with this and how to be gentler and kinder people. Tell our uh, our brains a little bit about the program that you uh, are involved in with the state. Oh yes,
1: so the program is actually through the state of New Jersey. I actually um, work, you know, as part of that program. And what that program does is it goes into schools and it helps educate children, not just about the the name of the program is uh, the Child Assault Prevention Program. And it goes into schools and it really teaches children how to protect themselves as best they can with what they have um, against things like bullying in school, how to stand up for themselves, how to support one another if they see someone else being bullied. Um, It teaches them about how to protect themselves from strangers if anyone were trying to harm them. It teaches them a little bit of self-defense if they need to get away from someone who's trying to harm them. Teaches them things that they can do. Um, And it also teaches them about sexual assault, something that we don't always talk to children about, but it's something that is so very important because that usually happens not from people they don't know but people who they know and trust and love in their lives and teaching them that it's okay to say no to things that make you feel unsafe that make you feel uncomfortable. And it's okay, even if it's an adult that you know and trust to remove yourself from a situation that makes you feel unsafe and um, uncomfortable. So it's, it's a beautiful program when we go into schools. The presentations are, are very simple. Um, we do role plays with, with the children. We show them how to stand up for themselves. And when we leave the classrooms, the kids actually love it. And the teachers are so appreciative because they, they come to us and they say, you know, we need to be talking to our kids about these things.
0: They do. And they do. I just want to, you know, give a, a, a shout out to the teachers because they are surrogate parents. You know, they're wiping your kid's snotty nose. They're making sure they got their jacket. Did you have your lunch today? Uh, I remember my teacher. I saw her not too long ago. Her name was Miss Rochet, And she used to wear this perfume called Blue Magic. And I don't know where she got it from. But when I saw her, She still had that same beautiful smell. And she would hug you, and she would embrace you. And to me, that was sometimes better than a hug from my parents. I had great parents, but because I pleased my teacher, that I accomplished a goal, you know, that we worked through a problem, we worked through an issue. So parents, tomorrow when you take your, drop your kid off to school and you have a chance, tell the teacher thank you. Just tell her thank you for whatever to brighten up her day because she is a surrogate parent to your child. When you go into your workplace, say good morning to your boss. Try a different strategy. Sometimes we go in and we go the opposite way in the building so we don't have to pass by their cubicle, but they're (laughs) not going away. Figure out a way to diffuse that. And if you can't diffuse it and the other person is not willing, then find a way to remove yourself. Mm -hmm. okay find another position on the down low you don't have to be telling everybody in the company what your position is or how you feel about this individual because you know if a dog will bring a bone they're gonna carry one and they're gonna go right back and tell him just like hr did you know and that's that's the way that it works so self-preservation is the law of the land you have to take care of yourself Tuck you some money away. Uh, Watch your contacts. Uh, Be building an entrepreneurial side gig in case you have to remove yourself. And don't be so quick to use the word sue. Because when you use the word sue, everybody shuts down. They don't want to talk to you at that point. The dialogue is cut off because now they know that whatever they say could be used against them in a court of law. So try to work it out. Contact someone like Giovanna. That's been there, done that, and is in this industry, that's in this field of anti bullying. Because um, it's big. It's big. It's bigger than it's ever been. Please tell my brains how to get in contact with you uh, so they can work with you, uh, maybe even work with you as creating a template from the program that you have established there into other cities, other counties, other states, and even places around the world.
1: I do wanna make one correction. Okay. This is not live. It's not a program that I have created. Oh, it okay. is a program okay. that's run by the state of New Jersey, and it is international. Oh. Um, they, they run in different countries teaching children the same thing. Um, I just wanted to make that very clear.
0: <laughs> okay. All right.
1: We stand corrected here on the edge. <laughs> I don't want to be getting myself in trouble like that. I, I, I know. That. No, no, no. I
0: get it. I get it. I get it. That was on me. So tell them how to get in contact with you so that they can get the information that they
1: need. Absolutely. Um, you can find me at Duly Organized. That's D U L Y O R G A N I Z E D dot com forward slash life. Um, that is my life coaching webpage where you can uh, reach out to me, um, set an appointment to speak with me. I'll be very happy to talk to you. Um, and you can also email me directly at duly integrated life at gmail dot com. That's duly, D U L Y integrated life at gmail dot com. Okay.
0: okay. I'm going to this into your life, into your psyche. Try, try, try. That's all I can ask you to do, uh, you know, uh, is to be the best possible person that you can to, instead of just think, how about thinking and then rethink it. Be careful what you say, what comes out of your mouth. Imagine what your words would smell like when they do come out of your mouth. Open your heart to love. Take somebody else's uh, pain and anxiety. You don't know what they're going through. Take that into consideration before you pop off. And love on your kids and teach them to be nice, kind uh, people. Please and thank you always works. And please and thank you for being here with us on the edge, the place where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Go in and love, like, and share. You see it right there, love, like, and share. Me and Giovanna will be waiting to hear from you. Leave us a comment. Let us hear about your struggles, how you were able to overcome and adapt, because we're not just problem describers here on the edge. We're also solution seekers. Bye, Giovanna.
1: Thank you so much.